from the red and black, this is the front page. It's Thursday, March 19th. This week, and for the foreseeable future, we are working remotely. We called our desk editors to ask them about everything happening with the COVID-19 pandemic. What actions government and the university system of Georgia are taking, how it is all affecting business in Athens, and how Georgia sports are also affected. And we're here with news editor Spencer Donovan and culture editor Savannah Sicarella about how COVID-19 is affecting Athens life and any and all updates. Okay, so first off, how many cases are in Athens so far? Yeah, so in Athens, there are three cases um, as of noon yesterday, and there's 146 in the whole state, but that number updates every day at noon. So as time of recording, there's only three, but in 45 minutes, half an hour, that number could change. And when were those cases in Athens confirmed? Um, The first two were confirmed this Sunday, uh, March 15th, and one was confirmed Monday, March 16th by the Georgia Department of Public Health. And um, do we know where these cases are being treated? Are they self-quarantined? Are they in a hospital? So the um, Department of Public Health said that these people are all at home self-quarantining. They're not at hospitals as far as the department said, um, and the first two cases didn't have any known history of travel, but the more recent case, the one that was confirmed Monday, um, they had recently traveled between states. They didn't specify which state that was, but that's what we do know about those cases. So just for clarification, when you say the first two didn't have any history of travel, does that like insinuate that they may have gotten this in Athens? Um, We really don't know. Um, That's really all the Georgia Department of Public Health gave us. And they said from now on, they're not going to keep providing details on every single case just as testing becomes more widespread and as more cases are confirmed throughout Athens-Clarke County and throughout the state in general. And how is Athens-Clarke County responding to COVID-19? What has their response been so far? So the mayor commission Monday night, um, that was the 16th, the mayor commission instituted a ban on public gatherings with 10 or more people um, in certain places. So those places include entertainment establishments, um, was one, bars, restaurants. That's really how they wanted to crack down on just large public gatherings. This also includes facilities owned by the athens Clark County government or just any public property in general. And this was really designed to promote social distancing. And originally, the commission had considered instituting this mandatory curfew that was supposed to be in place from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m., but there was a lot of backlash with that. More than 60 people commented either online or in writing before this whole emergency meeting to decide on the curfew, to pass this ordinance. A lot of people were really not happy with that whole idea of the curfew. And now there were some exceptions um, for people getting food, medicine, seeking emergency care, going to and from work, but people just didn't like the idea of that. So what they did instead was pass this voluntary 24-7 shelter-in-place policy until April 7th. And basically what that says is it's asking residents to just, they're saying, hey, don't leave your house unless you're, basically unless you have to, unless you're going to or from work, getting groceries or medicine or leaving from an emergency or something like that. Um, And you touched on this a little bit, but if you can't elaborate, please do. How are businesses affected with the 10 people rule? 
So, Savannah, do you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, it's... I don't want to use the word destroying because that's really dramatic, but it's it's really, really limiting the amount of business that these establishments can do. I spoke with uh, Matt Casey, who's the co-founder of Academia Brewing Company yesterday, and he had a lot of things to say about this 10-person 10, 10 limitation. Um, they're keeping their, their brewery doors open, and he said after this was passed, there was no business. Um, he does not understand how businesses are expected to to operate under that rule. It's a lot of a lot of restaurants and concert venues. If they haven't permanently shut their doors, they're only operating off of to go and um, curbside delivery models. So looks like it's going to be that way for a long time under this rule. Um, because other than that, I mean, no more than seven people can be in an establishment or 10 people can be in an establishment of all, at all times. So that's city life. What's going on with the University of Georgia student life? What has um, UGA's response been so far? Yeah, so we've been getting news from UGA almost daily, just things happening, more information on how school is going to work. So we do know that classes will resume online. Um, in two weeks, so starting March 30th, students will get back onto online classes and faculty are working on instruction plans, revising their syllabi. In the meantime, there's no instruction, but we also do know that UGA canceled spring commitment. Um, that was yesterday that we found out about that. So Tuesday, March 17th. And a lot of this is coming from the University System of Georgia. The whole decision last week to suspend classes for two weeks, um, which obviously has now been changed to going online for the rest of the semester, that was a University System of Georgia-wide directive. There are 26 institutions in the state that were affected by that. So it's not even just UGA, it's a lot of campuses across the state. The University System of Georgia actually reversed its original decision to keep institutions open for face-to-face -face instruction last Thursday. So around noon, they sent out an email saying that they would keep these places open. And then just a couple hours later came back and said, we're suspending instruction, face-to-face -face instruction for two weeks. Actually, not just face-to-face -face instruction, all instruction. And now we know that, that classes are starting back up online March 30th. And the at least UGA expects to have classes completed the original last day of the semester, so May 6th. And we don't know why the University System of Georgia reversed its decision just like that um, in a ma matter of hours, but we're looking into that and trying to find out more. And you, like you mentioned, um, spring commencement is canceled, so all the seniors who were planning on joining on the field to graduate will no longer be able to do so. What has the public uh, response been so far? Yeah, there has been a lot of backlash from students. There's already a petition going on um, change.org, I believe, that a lot of students are saying, I mean, we've worked so hard throughout our college careers that we want some way, like we want to be honored in some way. And there are already 8,000 and there are people signing it right now as I'm looking at this. There are already more than 8,000 signatures. Last night when I looked, about an hour after UGA announced that, there were already, gosh, a couple hundred signatures, I want to say. Um, their goal is 10,000. They'll still graduate. UGA, was, UGA did note that as long as you pass academic standards, you still will get your diploma, but that whole ceremony is not going to happen because the university system banned all public events. So any sports competitions or the way they phrased it was 
intercollegiate competitions, um, commencement, like we said, any performances, all of that has been canceled. So campus is effectively closed for the rest of the semester. Okay, thanks, Spencer. Thank you. And we're back um, to focus on culture with Savannah Sicarella. So as we know, President Trump advised the public to refrain from gathering in groups of more than 10 people. Um, this obviously affects businesses and bars and restaurants downtown. So I know that a lot are closing and we've been covering that. Um, but which bars and restaurants are open, if any? Technically, um, most of them are still open. Um, a lot of them have just closed off their dining spaces and are now operating in to-go or curbside business or delivery models. A lot of them are still taking orders through delivery services like Uber Eats or the the local Cosmic Delivery um, and Bulldog Food. Some have closed, like a lot of the Hugh Ackeson um, restaurants have closed, Peter Dale's, um, Sea Bear, and um, the National have closed as well. But yeah, a lot are just now beginning to do curbside delivery. But things are kind of changing by the day. I spoke with Jared Miller, who's the general manager of 1785 Bar and Grill on the Rocks in Moonshine. And he told me two days ago that he really didn't see um, or he really didn't have any plans to close his establishments Um but we just received word this morning that they will be closing indefinitely. And the same thing happened with The Grit. I spoke with her manager a couple of days ago, and um, he said there were no plans to close off their dining space. But a day later, like the morning after, they made an announcement and said that they're only doing to go. Is there a resource for people to like see the updates on where who is closed um, or who is still open? Yeah, we're constantly um, trying to update the list that we have um, on the Culture Desk section on the Red and Black website with restaurant updates, um, closures, who's closing, who's now to-go model, who still has their dining space open. Some restaurants do have their dining space open. And outside of the red and black, um, it's always good. It's always safe to check the restaurant's Facebook pages, um, Instagram pages, um, social media in general. They've pretty much put, put out press releases or statements about what they're doing. Um, and how is this affecting, like, concert venues and entertainment spaces? Everything's closed. Like, it's it's so hard with the, the restriction on gatherings of more than 10 people. Um, even before the mayor and commission passed that um, restriction, the concert venues were shutting down in accordance with recommendations by, like, the CDC. So the Georgia Theater suspended all of its shows through March. I wouldn't be surprised if they continue to suspend shows past that. 40 watts closed indefinitely. Uh, the Caledonia hasn't made a statement, but I can only assume that they're, they're closed for now. Um, the Classic Center was kind of an interesting case because they were, like, one of the last, what do they call, like, holdouts, strongholds, um... They released a statement, I believe on Friday, late last week, saying that, like, we're not going to close down our doors, we're not going to cancel these events, all event cancellations are at the discretion of the, like, the performers themselves, like, we're still going to be here as a community space, um, but, like, all other places, they kind of backed down and said, like, we, we've canceled all of our shows through March, um, and Bouvet was kind of like that as well, they... They were one of the last, um, not one of the last, but 
a late closer because they they were saying like we need to support um the employees here we need to employ or i'm sorry support bands and musicians that are playing in our venue space but they you know closed down like everyone else um and what are the culture desks tips for not staying bored while um everybody's doing social distancing or self-quarantine um con- like consuming content that sounds ridiculous but i think it's um, now's the time to catch up on things that you don't have time to do. So I'm enjoying television for the first time in like the past two semesters. And that's crazy. Um, I'm reading, I'm cooking. That's how I'm avoiding social distancing. But I know a lot of people are going outside um, in their neighborhood, um, FaceTiming friends, trying to keep in contact with people um, over the internet, um, hosting virtual watch parties that's really cute um there's a lot of things to do and i think it's really important to stay informed and to constantly be in tune with the news but it's okay to separate yourself from social media and from you know broadcast and from all different avenues of news to kind of um, take care of yourself and you know keep yourself entertained with other things unrelated to covid updates thanks savannah thank you So we're here with sports editor Augusta Stone. Augusta, how's it going? You know what? We've seen better days at the Red and Black Sports. Yeah, so I guess to start, what is the state of Georgia sports in light of COVID-19? Unfortunately, um, like literally everything up until August is canceled. Um, So the official last news that we received from the SEC which is like the governing conference of UGA and all 14 member institutions. So like Alabama, Auburn, all of them as well, um, is that all sports competitions and championships are canceled through the end of the athletic year, which is the end of the academic year. Um, And then also like, you know, postseason, like College World Series, which had already been canceled and all that jazz. So um, essentially everything is canceled. Um, I guess the one glimmering piece of hope that we could possibly have is that the university has only suspended practice through April 15th. So there is a chance that organized team activities and practices could continue um, in mid-April. However, that could always change as well, um, especially with Mm -hmm. students not returning to campus. Um, I guess with something like that, would that really just be applicable to something like football where they're doing spring workouts and I assume G-Day is completely off the table, but like spring football. Yeah, so um, definitely football is like the biggest one. Um, Other teams, I think a lot of teams just kind of work out throughout the year. so, I mean, I don't even know. I know football's the big, like, hot-button item, but I'd suppose that any team would be, like, really wanting to get back and, and practice or at least have, like, some sort of team meeting if they're even back on campus. But um, the thing with G-Day that I just want to, like, bring up and that, I mean, this is just maybe the way I'm inferring it, but G-Day as terms of, like, a spring game is definitely canceled. But I'm hesitant to, like, use the word canceled because – I would hope and assume that with football being a fall sport and the summer existing, 
that they would eventually reconvene for summer workouts and have summer practices. So that's what I'm hoping. I I have no idea if that's what would happen. I'm not making any of those decisions, but that's what I'm hoping. So I guess in an ideal society, we might, we might have like a July G day, you know, you never know. Um, but I, that's just, I guess my hopes as like a lover of football and and also how precedented is it for something like this to happen have y'all found anything about like the last time like entire seasons were canceled like this you know what um specifically i've not researched that but it's funny anytime you go into like you see media guides you like look through them there's always that one little thing that usually says i think it was world war ii like i don't think the baseball team had a team in world war ii so if i were to guess especially with male sports and men's sports um i think the last time they didn't field teams was probably all the way back to world war ii which is just terrifying Someone within UGA Athletics, they just announced today, I believe, uh, tested positive for the virus. Is that anything, are y'all pursuing anything about that, or can you even really do that? Yeah, so um, you can always pursue those things. The biggest restriction, I think, on anybody finding out specific knowledge about maybe what sport they worked with or what their capacity like in UGA Athletics even was, because it's such a vague term works for UG athletics. It could go anywhere from, I mean, you know, a head coach, or it could be someone as small as like an office worker, an intern. Um, There's so many people employed by UG athletics, um, which I think, you know, with, with the restrictions of them being like a patient, you know, someone that is getting healthcare, I think those details will come about when, you know, we, we can get them. But, um, you know, it's, it's such a, such a broad scope of, like, who encapsulates being a member of UGA athletics that, like, it's really tough to pinpoint what sport they work with, or even if they had, like, interaction with student athletes at all. Talking about, like, it could, stuff could start happening again in April, but until then, for the foreseeable future, without any sports actually happening, what is the red and black sports coverage going to look like? And where do y'all see that going? Yeah, so um, we're definitely hoping to wrap up seasons with as much justice as we possibly can give them. So we're in the middle right now of a season review series where um, seasons that actually did have a chance to almost be completed, like men's basketball, for example, probably only had two or three more games in them. We don't know, but they, they played a almost full season. And then you have sports that just started, like baseball and softball. Um, But basically, we're doing a wrap-up series for that. We're going to do some senior send-offs. So some analysis pieces on seniors. And then we're also going to try to do as much reporting as we can without the grind of daily availabilities. Because um, what's really cool about sports and what stinks about all the cancellations is we kind of had an inherent structure where you went to games, you talked to athletes after and before games, and you went to practices and spoke to them at what we called um, availabilities. And all of that is basically put on hold. We don't have that at all. We don't have games. We don't have organized team activities. We don't have access to athletes like readily available for us um, because they're students. So a lot of them are at home and, um, you know, some of them are international. Like a lot of gymnasts are from Canada, so they're not even in the country anymore. Um, so it, there's just so much difficulty when it comes to reporting on current active, or I guess what were once active sports. So we're going to really focus on a lot of lookbacks. Um, we're going to do some analysis pieces about people who have graduated. Um, we really want to talk to experts about maybe 
the impact of losing a spring football practice season and um, talking about, you know, NFL draft hopefuls, Jake Fromm and DeAndre Swift. They're always interesting. Um, As of right now, the draft is still going to go on without fans. So we have some stuff, um, but it is going to be much more difficult, um, especially through, I mean, we still have a little less than two months to to continue coverage, but we're going to keep on trucking. All right. Well, thanks for coming on and talking, Augusta. Awesome. Thank you, Luke. And that was The Front Page. The Front Page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company, co-produced by Luke Guillory, Kira Posey, and Stephen Parr. The Front Page is sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening. We hope you tune in next time.